Wow. The tree is dry. The lights are getting old. The kids have broken most of the gifts. And where are those batteries? Oh, no more fruitcake. No more eggnog. Yeah, but the diets don't begin for another five days. Yes. I hope you had a lovely Christmas. <laughs> you know what? Actually, this is one of my favorite weeks of the year. I love the week between Christmas and New Year's because it tends to be the quietest week of the year. I mean, work-wise, phone's not ringing off the hook. A lot of people are out. That's true. And it's great. The boys are home from college and Sam and Blaine are with us. And so I love it. It's quiet and, and it's downtime. Yeah. I get to try on all my new shirts and all those, yeah. <laughs> warm socks. <laughs> uh, it is. It's so much more relaxing. I love Christmas, but, you know, I also love when it's over <laughs> just because it's that rest uh-huh. where I, I, I've done it, you know. Mm-hmm. We've There's not shopping to be done mm-hmm. except, though, that our middle son – had the bad timing to be born on New Year's Day, so I have to kind of switch gears pretty quick to birthday. But we do, we do. <laughs> you got to kind of get get out of the Christmas gear and into the birthday gear. Yeah, but it's so pretty still. The lights mm-hmm. are up. It's yeah, mm-hmm. I like this. Mm-hmm. Well, we're glad that you are tuning in with us. This is John Eldridge and Stacy and Craig McConnell, and um, welcome back. We hope your holidays were wonderful, continue to be wonderful. And um, prior to Christmas, we had been talking about Love and War, um, which is now out. It's available. It's on the street. And um, (laughs) if you've gotten it, we hope you're loving it. And if you haven't, um, we hope that you will pick it up. We've been talking about um, marriage. And I just kind of wanted to start with, you know, we're not the marriage experts. That's that's not why we wrote this book. It's not, you know, John and Stacy Eldridge, marriage experts, you know. Here are the 17 things you can do, right, to take your marriage to the next level. Um, we wrote this for a couple of reasons. One, because God has done something in our lives that we thought would be helpful to others. Mm-hmm. That's why we write. That's why we write anything that we write is, wow, hey – Here's what we've discovered from God mm-hmm. and of God, and you've probably tasted this too, and we thought this would be an encouragement to you. But we also wrote it because so many marriages we know are in need. If not in outright crisis, then just getting by, you know, um, kind of living under the same roof and uh, I just got another email the other day. It blew me away. Some dear people who we love very much, you know, boom, here's the story. Mm. They're separated. It's not divorce yet, but, you know, proceedings are underway. And and then not two days after reading that email, then, you know, we hear another story of divorce. And it's just like, oh, my goodness. Mm. The timing of this feels important. Mm-hmm. I don't know all the reasons for the strain mm-hmm. on marriage, but that was the other reason that we wrote this book mm-hmm. is, my goodness, it feels like we all need some encouragement. Mm-hmm. We all need some strengthening. We need some guidance, some help. And 
And so that's what we've been doing. We've just kind of been talking through some of the some of the issues around uh, things that we address in love and war. And um, and today, what we want to talk about this time um, was prayer, mm-hmm. praying together. We gathered uh, a group of couples together who we respect very much. And, and this was back when we were working on the book and just thinking through these things. And and we just kind of had them over for an evening and, and just wanted to run some of this by them. And, and I asked the question. I said, so – what about prayer, you guys? Tell me about your prayer life. How, I mean, do you pray together? You know, how much do you pray together? What does that look like? Silence in the room. I mean, just silence. And it, it was it was so interesting to me to realize that, wow, I mean, these are good. These yeah. are strong marriages. Right. Strong believers. Really I, strong Christians. Yeah. I was shocked. <laughs> I was just shocked. <laughs> when we told you about it. <laughs> yeah. Craig and Lori were at the evening, by the way. <laughs> it's a desire. It's a deep desire, but there's – you just think of the pace of life. Life is hard on us individually. It's hard on a couple and the things that you want to do or you think would be good, they they so quickly fall by the mm-hmm. wayside. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what? Um, looking back at that um, – and things have changed since then. <laughs> but the way you guys put it in the book that really struck me uh, as being true was the whole issue of of praying together is just so vulnerable. <gasps> yes. To to come together as a couple and and all that it takes to really enter into prayer together and then the substance of the prayer I mean, for it to be yes. rich, true, personal is is pretty intimate and exposing. And and uh, I kind of put a check next to, to that section in, in the chapter of uh, just you're hitting on something there that feels very true to me. Mm. Oh, that is so true. I remember early in our, our marriage um, being mad at John. Mm-hmm. And it was time – he wanted to pray, you know, about something else, or and yeah. he, I don't think he he knew at that point that I was mad at him. <laughs> mm-hmm. And we would pray, and then my heart would go out to him and to this man, and then we'd be united in prayer, and then I wouldn't be mad at him yeah. at the end of that. The issues faded just mm-hmm. because of the vulnerability and the intimacy and mm-hmm. the shared. So it's it's beautiful to mm-hmm. pray together, and the fruit of it. I mean, sometimes it doesn't go away, so I'm mm-hmm. not. We're not able to pray yeah. together until we talk some things through. But you're right; it's it's um, gosh, it's like sexual intimacy of the soul. Yeah, I find myself, Stacy, kind of praying around whatever the real issue is. If mm-hmm. I'm angry or feel hurt or something, mm-hmm. the prayer goes off into other directions, less personal, meaningful, mm-hmm. and less needing of God. And and then it just sounds like kind of a just a prayer prayer. Then it's just religious. Yeah. That's crucial too. I think a big reason why people don't do it is because it's re- it feels religious. Mm-hmm. I mean, it feels like a grinding of the gears. You know, you're flying through your day, you're flying through your evening, getting the stuff done. Now let's pray. And it's it just feels like, whoa. 
Um, what? How? Um, okay. Our dear Lord. And we just shift into Thank religious you for mode. This day. Yeah. We shift into <laughs> yeah. religious mode because, mm-hmm. you know, it's awkward and it feels so other than the rest of our life. And so, I mean, step one, one of the things that's just been huge for Stacy and I is just the transition of just ask Jesus into whatever you're doing. Mm-hmm. Right? So. It's not like you have to, you know, have, okay, you know, at at 6 o'clock every morning or at 7 p.m. every evening, we do this, you know. It's more like, nope, as we're moving through and the phone rings and, it, you know, something comes up, your mom's asking, are we coming for Thanksgiving? We just stop and say, Jesus, come into this. Um, I don't really know what else to pray at this moment. We just invite Mm -hmm. Christ in, Mm -hmm. kind of a crawl, walk, run idea here. You don't have Mm -hmm. to, you know— because if you set the bar really high here, it ain't going to happen, mm-hmm. right? Right. We're going to pray for half an hour together yeah, now. Yeah, right. We're going to pray for all of our kids and our extended family. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to pray for missions and that, you know, you, and those are good things. But you set that bar high and it just ain't going to happen. You do it once or twice, maybe. But mm-hmm. rather than the idea of, no, just practice inviting Jesus in. Mm-hmm. Whatever's going on. I, I am so mad at you right now. Can we just invite Jesus into this? Yes, please. You know, and or your kids walk in and, you know, they throw a big decision at you. Hey, you know, can we have some friends over for a slumber party tonight? Or, you know, hey, we're going away for the weekend. Okay, pause. Jesus, come into this. You know, come into this. Just something simple like that. Yeah, it's like breathing. And we want to live our lives with him moment by moment. Right. So that's what prayer is. And then doing that together helps just put us on the same page. It does. It does. I'm thinking so many people listening to this, um, praying together as couples is, is something they've probably thought they should do and mm-hmm. probably feel all kinds of shame, guilt that they don't do. I mean, what what is the motivation behind praying together as a couple? What What other than pressure, shame, guilt, duty is it that brings us together as, as couples? Oh, the fruit of it is so good. Yeah. You look like you were just about to say something. Go ahead. I was going to come in from another angle. I want to go back to Adam and Eve. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, God creates man and woman together. He gives us the world together. You know, he says mm-hmm. rule together. There's an authority that a man and a woman have together over our little kingdom. And... It's one of the reasons why it's hard to pray because the enemy tries to distract us, Mm -hmm. discourage us, make it not work. But I'll tell you, one of the motives is this, that when the two of you agree together in prayer, oh, my goodness, it is one of the most powerful expressions of prayer and of bringing the kingdom of God on this earth. It has so much authority and power to it. If you can create a united front, you know, and you're praying for one of your kids or you're praying for your finances or your health or whatever may be going on, for the two of you, you know, Mm -hmm. Jesus gives us that principle of if two or more of you agree on anything, it shall be done. So you have that biblical principle, but then you have the principle of man and woman being Mm -hmm. one. Husband and wife are one. So when the two of you stand together in prayer, 
oh my goodness. And so maybe I'm speaking so much right now as a man, mm-hmm. you know, but I'm thinking shield. Oh my goodness. I want a shield around my home. I want protection over my kids. And so a huge motive for that I do it with Stacy is because I know it works. It has so much authority to it. Mm-hmm. But that's a man's perspective. What what do you Oh, as a woman, I'm thinking of the intimacy. It's a doorway into the inner realities of my heart, what I'm concerned about, what I'm thinking about, really. Mm-hmm. And when we can we just can we pray about that? That's really for a woman that's inviting her husband to mm. a deeper knowing of her mm. together and then going bringing that before Jesus. That's tender. That is. Mm. I love the gender differences in that. That's beautiful. I want a shield. You know, I want the moat. I want the drawbridge up. And you know, I, and I want that too. And I want to see things done. And you you're know? talking about intimacy. But yeah, if if it's only that, if we're only praying say, warfare prayers, uh-huh. Yeah, I'll yeah. drift away. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> that's good. Craig, what about you and Lori? What's the motive? What's the... Yeah, you know, I, I don't know what caused the shift. Maybe it was this meeting you're referring to uh, and just being exposed as vagrants in the area of prayer. Um, but we pray... Every night, and usually in bed, mm-hmm. uh, we you know we hop in bed, and and um, it it feels like it's what both of you are talking about. If we live in a war story and a love story, where are those realities seen? And it, I think it's seen in how we pray. Lori and I, our prayers are thankful. We kind of go through the day of what God did and said and Mm. enjoy it and savor it. And then that kind of spins off into praying for different people. And then there's always a battle component of it because we're laying down to go to sleep. And so forgiveness, repentance, bringing the cross of Christ between us and people. Um, The motive it feels like it's more just a part of life than there is um, then some motive behind it. Now, Taking your vitamins, fl- yeah. flossing, doing those things it that you know you ought yes, to do. It doesn't do. seem like yeah. duty. It just feels uh, – I think it may have started, let's do this, yeah. see where it takes us. And yeah. then it's. it feels like it's become just a part of our life. That's good. I want to throw out another thought for couples. We began to do um, – maybe only, gosh, 15 years or so into our marriage. And that was listening to God together. Mm-hmm. Um, so much of the tension in marriages is around decision-making, right? You know, money, family, um, children, kids, church, just all of that. It comes down to decisions, you know, and this has been absolutely revolutionary for us, is Stacy and I stopping and asking God what he thinks about the decision, rather than jumping straight into UN negotiations, <laughs> rather than jumping straight into, well, here's what I think, well, here's what I think, well, we did this last time. Hey, you got your way last time. You know, just drop all of that, literally drop it, pause, and just together ask God mm-hmm. for his counsel, direction, guidance, mm-hmm. learning 
listening prayer, mm -hmm. that side of prayer mm -hmm. together as a couple. Mm -hmm. I mean, I talked in Walking with God about doing it as an individual and how it'll change your life, absolutely change your life. But it is the most freeing, helpful, rescuing thing for a marriage Be because it takes all that other stuff out of there. The negotiations, the pressure, mm -hmm. the manipulations, the wanting your way, the insisting on getting your way, the all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, mm -hmm. my goodness. To pause and say, Jesus, what are mm -hmm. you saying? Mm -hmm. Oh, it's huge. I mean, in, in our marriage, we... We submit out of love to one another. You know, we don't have a lot of, you did that last time, I want my way. It's more matured to the point of, you know, what would bring you life? Yes. But to be together submitted to Jesus and willing to lay down our own desires, agendas, whatever, and, and want to do what's his best. Yes. And we're learning to go there first more quickly. Mm -hmm. It is it's beautiful because he actually has opinions, you know? Mm -hmm. And he knows. Yeah. He knows what would be what would be best or what his plans are. I think of Jesus, you know, the scripture saying that he he did only what he saw the Father doing. Mm -hmm. I want that kind of a relationship to be be led mm -hmm. and to follow him. And so then we ask and we ask together. Mm -hmm. And um sometimes we don't come to, you know, I might hear, wah, 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 and he's hear something clearly, we have to pray uh -huh. again. But God is faithful, and he wants to yes. lead us. You know, yes. we are his sheep. We hear his voice. And it's like a shortcut, too, many times. <laughs> it's yeah. really good. Yeah. I find listening to God solo by myself is so different than listening to God with others. It's just there's such a less pressure that I have to get it all or hear mm, it. Mm -hmm. So particularly in marriage with Lori, it's like uh, listening together takes some, in some sense, some pressure off because I know she'll have a piece of it. I don't have to have it mm -hmm. all per se. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. good. Yeah, that's it. And so many rescues that we could – we could name so many rescues where we wanted to do something. You know, we want to spend the money on the yeah. new washer. We want to, you know, we want to take a trip. We want to, you know, even something as simple as a couple of weeks ago it was we wanted to have some people over to dinner. And we just thought, well, we're going to do it Friday night. That's our opening. Let's do it. And pause, ask Jesus, you know, and he says, no, not good timing. And we get to Friday night and we are utterly, completely, totally exhausted couldn't have known that on Tuesday, but he knew that, mm -hmm. and he's like, don't do it. Don't spend your Friday night on that. And so many decisions that we just rush into in marriage that end up exhausting us or sabotaging or blowing up. Mm -hmm. You know, a couple of years ago, we we really wanted to take a vacation, and, and it was over the Thanksgiving break, and, and we prayed about it and felt like Jesus said, no, don't do it. And uh, I think what happened that time was we got there and... Again, we were utterly exhausted and somebody was sick. You know, we couldn't have known that two months earlier. But that natural inclination of we're just going to do it, you know, versus no. Because it's a good idea. Pause. Mm -hmm. Submit to Jesus. And what this will do for your marriage? Oh, my gosh. It, it deepens intimacy. Mm -hmm. It does. Yep. We're in it together. We're in it together. Mm -hmm. Oh, so much more to say. Join us uh, next time. We're going to keep talking about these issues for a few more podcasts together. I want to tell you again about Love and War. The book's available in bookstores, and we're going on tour. 
in January and February, Stacy and I are going to be in Austin, Abilene, Santa Ana, California, Seattle, Tulsa, St. Louis, Omaha, and Charlotte, North Carolina. And so if you're anywhere within a couple states of that, you're going to want to come. It is just such a rich evening on Love and War together, and, and we'll be talking and doing some question and answer, and it's just been such a rich experience in the past. So Love and War Tour, you can get your tickets now at loveandwar.net. And thanks for joining us.